When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome into a special edition of Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, and we have tracked down our journeyman correspondent and gotten him into our studios in Minneapolis slash St. Paul. We're right on the border. I don't know if you knew that, Sage. Uh, Sage Rosenfels, what is going on, man? It's great to be up here. Um, your trees are about, I would say, a week in front of ours, maybe. Like, they're still pretty, but you can tell they're getting closer and closer to the end, and winter is coming, as they say. In Omaha, it is still bright yellows and bright reds, uh, and uh, but a beautiful day up here. Uh, we're all up here for this weekend, and obviously right after the uh, you know big Vikings win on Thursday night, uh, football, that for the national audience to see a fairly boring, <laughs> sort of grinded out, a lot of field goals and a lot of nothing from Washington. And uh, But a win is a win, and they are 6-2 and two and halfway through the season. Uh, Washington brought the 1993 offense where they handed off to the running back a bunch of times and then hit on short passes, and uh, no, it was not enough to beat the Vikings. Well, they, had, they ran game. 40 plays in the game. I mean, that I, that's just... You know, that means that their defense couldn't get off the field mm-hmm. either. Uh, and I, I'm guessing the Vikings ran a pretty good amount of plays and chewed a lot of clock uh, in this game. Uh, I really do like the young wide receiver, 17. I can't think of his name off the top uh, of my McLaurin. head. Yeah. He, I, I, he is going to be a good player. I saw him a couple weeks ago in a game, too. He, you know, he made Xavier Rhodes look pretty silly last night. And just some stop routes. You can tell he's just more explosive, and he's got some uh, speed after the catch. Uh, he, he's a really good player. They have a few pieces there, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that – franchise in general has a long ways to go and you know we'll probably looking for a new coach uh kevin o'connell a first-time coordinator is their uh, offensive coordinator and, and i got to know him a little bit that quarterback collective camp i went to last year so that's sort of cool uh we saw Dwayne haskins in the ball game uh the rookie out of ohio state and he played about what we thought it sounds like right it sounded like he was going to play he's definitely not baker mayfield uh a, as a rookie um so that team has a long ways to go but the vikings uh they're looking good and just a few weeks ago it seemed like it was two weeks ago, but it was actually four weeks ago. Uh, th- th- there was a lot of rocky waters uh, up here uh, in Viking country, and, and uh, you know uh, the quarterback hadn't played well. The line couldn't pass protect. Um, the defense in a couple of games didn't play great. Uh, they lost to uh, two division rivals uh, that we look like we're all going to be in the hunt, and the Bears are starting to fall off now. But uh, things have definitely uh, steadied, and, and four wins in a row, and Kirk Cousins is looking like uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And, uh, and, and you know things are good, and I think this show – we're going to go into what you know what has happened the first half of the season and, and what what may happen the second half. Yes, uh, it's come a long way since you and I were sitting on a park bench late at night in 
Chicago. Looking for answers. Looking for a place to podcast and looking for answers to the offense. And uh, breaking down why Kirk Cousins was reminding us of Christian Ponder at that moment. And he has been very much the opposite of Christian Ponder over the last four weeks. And uh, so as we go along here, we'll get into, you know, what we think is real, what we think can carry over and what some of the challenges can be. But I, I wanted to make this a first half addition, a, a breakdown of the first half. And the way to do that, I think, when you cover a football team, Sage, is position by position. So every once in a while, someone will send me a tweet and say, you guys talk about Kirk too much, but he's the quarterback of an NFL team that is competitive. So that's what we do. Talk about Kirk Cousins. And I what I want to do is grade each position group on the offense, and then we'll get to the defense, and then we can talk about some fun big picture things at the end of uh, this hour. So let's talk about Kirk Cousins here and what we would grade him for the first half. I'm going to let you go first on your grade, and then I will give you mine. So where where would you go with the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins? Well, he, here's what I find interesting is, you know, as we talk before we get into the Kirk Cousins thing, um, if you went off of quarterback rating, all right, Kirk Cousins, I believe, leads the NFL yes. in quarterback rating amongst starters with so many throws, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but has he played the best in the NFL? No, right? And that there's a history there of his numbers always being a little bit better than the actual performance. Uh, I think he has played like a six and two quarterback because the two games he played terrible, um, but the other six he you know, either did his job or he played extremely well. Uh, so Kirk Cousins, sort of, I, I I I look at him. I would say a B plus. I would say a B plus because. The, when he when the when the Vikings lost, uh, he played so poorly, uh, you know, and you know that obviously has major concerns. But B plus, obviously playing good football, could play better, but we've also seen him play worse. I also have a B plus for him. Uh, I think it's the perfect grade because he has a lot of great numbers and has won all the games he's supposed to win. He doesn't have a meltdown against Atlanta or a meltdown against Washington. The only times he didn't play well were against good defenses in tough environments. However, when you completely throw away a game on a very poor decision where it looks like you kind of panicked and threw an interception at the end of Green Bay, and then you can't overcome a good defense in Chicago that wasn't even at its best. It was weakened by not having Akeem Hicks and Roquan Smith in that game and score six points that those have to be factored in, even despite the numbers. And when you look at all of his every, everything, the box score stats, the grades, I mean, pro football focus has him as the sixth best quarterback in the NFL. So far, he is number one in clean pocket passing, which the Vikings have done a lot uh, with their scheme to create clean pockets for Kirk Cousins. And they've put a lot around him too. And so if he had had better performances in those key NFC North games, you would say a plus, I mean, the guy's got all the numbers to back it up, but in those two games, he did not give his team a chance to win. So if you're giving your team a chance to win in six out of eight games, it's a pretty good ratio, but it's not the ratio you need against the NFC North teams. I mean, if you think about where they would be, if they even split those, if he shows up at all for either one of those games, we are talking about saying Super Bowl with the Minnesota Vikings, even if they had one blip on oh, the radar. talking about what's the buy situation or what's the seeding for the playoffs, right? right? And, Absolutely. Um, I, I think this team's going to make it to the playoffs, but you know, what, seeding is a long ways down the road. So, uh, yeah, he did not play well in those games. But I will say this. He has played 
better and better it seems like over the course of these you know this four game stretch like he's playing he's not missing those guys that bears game first third down uh, a high angle corner route to Thielen overthrows him all right uh, he gets off a read too fast on a couple other plays and he had some shots down the field end up checking the ball down he has been making the right read making the right throw uh, and executing uh, very very well like at a really high level yep. it, it's hard to go through NFL games and barely have an incompletion he barely had one the other night with a couple throwaways and a drop yep um, three incompletions whereas three incompletions that's hard to do in a practice versus air mm-hmm. sometimes and and uh, he played really really well and, and he's playing better and better and better and he's doing things that he didn't do in those first weeks mm-hmm. uh, again other than making those throws and other than making those right reads is he is scrambling some and and throwing the ball away he's protecting the ball in the pocket which is huge he got sacked twice last night mm-hmm. uh, but he protected the ball uh, and didn't try to make uh, something out of nothing and uh, you know whether it's uh, Kevin Stefanski getting to him a little bit and saying like listen you know we got to drills or whatever they did where the magic sauce was he hasn't fumbled over the course of the last few weeks like he you know did so much in the past and so uh, he is playing much better football uh, I think a B plus is good for him and I think with a, a B plus or an A minus and the Vikings could make a real run here. I mean, he doesn't have to play A-plus football. Yep. Pat Mahomes has to play A-plus football for that team to win. I think Kirk Cousins, if he plays like this uh, you know, and, and, and plays well and, and say we get into the playoffs, uh, the Vikings would be a real, real threat because the rest, are, the rest of their team and their style of football is very conducive to winning, winning games, in particular at the end of the season. I think what they need from him is B-plus Kirk when they play someone good and when they play in the playoffs, ultimately. Yeah, they, we can take B-minus Kirk. Yeah. Uh, you know, against uh, you know, some bad football team at some point down down the road, right? But yep. we we need B plus to A minus against the good teams. Yep. And since he has not really shown that outside of one game in Philadelphia last year as a Minnesota Viking, that's where in the second half of the season I will be fascinated to what we grade after week seventeen for Kirk Cousins because there are more challenges along the way. Running backs, uh, for me, Sage, if it's anything short of A plus, I don't know what you would give them. I mean. I can't imagine a better half of a season than Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison, the backup running back, is averaging 4.9 yards a carry. He's 13th in the NFL in yards after contact and also number one in terms of the box having eight or more when Alexander Madison runs, and he's still having success. And that's not to mention 10 yards a catch for Delvin, five yards a run. I mean, those are MVP, Saquon Barkley, like superstar type of numbers that Delvin Cook has put up in the first half. And I don't know where you would even criticize him outside of, I mean, there was a fumble against the Giants. Maybe? The running the running back position is a healthy position for this football yes. team. I mean, if Dalvin Cook, and that was always a concern coming in, how healthy will he be? And he stayed healthy. Uh, he has been so impressive in this offense. But then if somehow he does get hurt, Madison looks great. Yep. He really does. He has great balance. He's got great power. He doesn't have the turbo jets quite uh, like Cook does, but he breaks a lot of tackles and he gets a lot. Of, he leads the league in frustration runs, as in – 
15-yard run called back for holding. I mean, he had like three of those I on know, Thursday last, night. last night, yeah. But he's had those uh, earlier in this year. Not his fault, but great runs where I'm sure he's pretty excited and he only gets so many, he only gets five or seven carries a game and, and, uh, and he's 20 yards down the field and it's called back. So he has done a fantastic job. Amir Abdullah has done everything the team has asked for him uh, in this mostly the special teams game. Occasionally on third down, he's gotten some draws and traps. That He's done some nice runs, but you know nothing super special there. Uh, you know, Mike Boone we loved in the preseason – and he's got a couple carries and has done a nice job too. So all four running backs, and obviously C.J. Ham. Don't want to leave him out. Plus, he's got his one carry for nine yards uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> on uh, third big time run on the third and one. Maybe you know, maybe put him, giving him the ball third on fourth and one. Not uh, Cousins on the quarterback sneak next time. Uh, but the running back position, probably of any position on this football team, they. Yeah, I agree. I'm not. Re- I'm not easy for handing out A plus grades. Uh, they they get A plus grades. I, th- there's nothing else that you could give them. I mean, even C.J. Ham is among the highest rated players at his position uh, in the NFL by pro football focus he's been a good blocker he has caught the ball when they've thrown it to him outside Got of six when they, catches for 14 yeah, yards right. 2.3 healthy yeah I know. healthy that's down a, the field that's a threat fullback line if I ever saw one uh, they did he did drop a slant that they tried to throw to him once so a minor criticism but ham has been a big part of this offense and you had said it last year and and I remember in when camp, Kevin Stefanski got the job I know you said Get ready, C.J. Ham, And it sounds funny in 2019 to say get ready fullback, but they have, as you like to say, featured the fullback quite a bit. We don't feature the fullback. We exploit the fullback is what we do here. Yes. And uh, we just take advantage of the the hammerhead mentality uh, of that fullback position. C.J. Ham is doing a great job. It, it is amazing how, and, 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 the, and the Patriots have been doing this a little bit too. Uh, they've been liking that fullback. I think it helps out a quarterback. The play-action game, it's amazing the big hitters you can get down the field. And again, we talked about uh, 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 in the offseason the big plays. And it's weird to say the fullback actually makes the receivers get more open. Oh, yeah, there's right? no question. And allows the quarterback to get more time because the fullback coming in there and having to blow up, whether it's a Will linebacker or a Sam linebacker or whoever it might be, that sort of fierce action creates a pull by the defense to attack the run. And you add all the other things together, and there's big holes in the defense, and the fullback has helped Stephon Diggs go from 10 yards a catch last year to 19.1 this year absolutely unbelievable which he is second in the nfl in that category in terms of wide receivers who regularly get targeted and the only guy that's higher is dk metcalf who surprisingly fell in the draft but seattle's found good ways to use he him can do one thing run fast down the field that's I'll what they have Steph- him do yeah that's all he does they just throw it deep to him and, and stefan Diggs is so much more he is his intermediate game is good he caught a slant on thursday night and went for 30 or something like that 40 he's got some major speed he's good with the shallow cross routes and he can also you know take a deep he's a special player and the vikings have uh some some really good wide receivers now if you want to transition to the wide receiver i do role uh i give Diggs. man i you know do you want to give him an a plus because no but there's there's ish there's issues there there i'll was, tell you i'll tell you what judd zolgad gives him he would give him an A-plus for executive of the year, for for going in and making an executive offensive decision to force the team. Or maybe he gets an offensive coordinator credit. He gets something. something. He gets a motivational yes, speaker yes. Uh, addition, I, I think yeah, we, extra role he was given. A, a couple weeks ago, we would have dinged him majorly for getting fined $200,000 for skipping. Now I want to give him more credit for that. I mean, he's just been as dominant as any receiver in the NFL over the last – four weeks since he decided to do uh, what he was going to do. And I think what happens is 
you know, this again, like with all the yards per catch going up amongst you know, basically everybody on this team, uh, in particular, Diggs is that safety. Everyone is just concerned about these deeper plays, and the safeties are playing deeper, which is then allowing some more room, more breathing room underneath. I mean, that slant he caught on Thursday, there was nobody around him. He yep. killed the corner. The corner basically almost fell down, and then there were just no. The safety was so far deep. Uh, that there was just nobody around him. And I think, again, this, that play action game, the fullback is actually creating more space in the secondary uh, for the defense, even if it's just the straight drop, you know, drop back passing game. So uh, I would give Diggs Thielen very, very high grades. But why I would take the whole position group and push them even up would be B.C. Johnson and Irv Smith. Yeah, these were the missing pieces from last year. Like, wait, are, think, we, wait, are we are we doing tight ends separate? Or are we doing? I think I want to put tight ends together. Is like together. Re- receiver slash tight ends. Okay, yeah. Okay. Because if we're just trying, I, to grade, you like, know, I don't know if I like that. Oh, okay. You want to make it separate? Yeah. I think okay. You can receivers we can make it separate. where they are. They have All their right. own coach. Well, BC Johnson then, and even Chad Beebe had a sixty-one. One yard of the best surprises of this team, I think, is BC Johnson. And if you talk to him, I've always thought this with NFL players: spend a couple minutes talking to the guy. A lot of times you'll figure it out. Like, oh, a seventh round pick who's out there playing and looking good. He is a uh, he's a super he's a super bright guy. I think that's that's really what it comes down to. And of course, we can't leave off Adam Thielen, who has played well when healthy. Really has missed almost two games now. Caught that touchdown pass a couple weeks ago, uh, and set out the rest of the game, and and obviously set out this week. So, but before that, he was playing well. Uh, his catches are. You know, similar to what they were in the past. They're a little bit down. They were a little bit down, but the Vikings just aren't throwing the ball as much. Uh, and his yards per catch aren't super high. They have not skyrocketed uh, like Stefan Diggs. But all in all, Adam Thielen has been really, really good. He catches the 50-50 balls about 80% of the time, it seems like. Uh, he still runs great routes. He's had a few big plays. He's been good underneath. Uh, just hasn't had the opportunities as much as he's had in the past. So all in all, I think the wide receivers have played uh, well, I would give them an A minus on that wide uh, okay. as a group. Uh, a minus, maybe. There's obviously always room for improvement, uh, but there has been some issues. Laquan Treadwell back on the roster, just enough to get a holding penalty on Thursday night football. So having uh, him back is a reason to take them down from. Yeah, A-. well, yeah, that just sort of shows <laughs> their lack of of real good depth. Not like the tailback uh, position or that running back position. So uh, receivers, an A minus. Moving on. To the tight ends. Yes, Go ahead. What do you think of the tight ends? Well, let's see. I, you know, I want to say that I would give the tight ends probably a solid B, if not a B plus. Uh, I think all the weapons have been really good. And Kyle Rudolph, I, here's where I'll give him credit. When the world was falling apart, when everybody was on fire in that locker room and there's receivers saying they're frustrated, there's truth in all rumors, there's guys getting fined, and Kyle Rudolph comes out and he stands in front of the media and he says, and I don't care whether it was genuine or not. He says, I really have been focused on my blocking. And you know what? For me, cynical and I have a sense of humor. I'm like, yeah, sure, Kyle, me too. You're more snarky than cynical. Oh, oh, well, okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Good point. And yeah, but you know, like my first instinct is to be like, sure. I'm sure you loved spending all day blocking Khalil Mack, but for him to kind of say like, look, I'm doing my job and, That's what I'm doing behind the scenes. I don't know if he's saying that, 
But that's what he has yeah. been doing. Well, he's been around the block, and he's right. seen a few things. He's had a few press conferences. He's done a lot of interviews before, and and uh, you know he's working way his way through this season as well. And you know, sort of unfamiliar role where really he's not the go to tight end as far as the threat is concerned. Right. I mean, he and Irv Smith are very similar in catches, but you know, Irv is averaging more yards. He's sort of the down the field guy, and Kyle does have that other role that is more yep. of the blocking tight end, less the vertical threat tight end. And that hasn't been a strength in the past. And so, yeah, he has to work on his blocking. You know, one of the hardest things, actually, people don't realize this, but the fact that Rudy is like six seven or whatever he is, that actually can hurt your blocking, uh, whether it's the zone scheme or other things, because you just don't have the leverage. It's hard for him to bend down and get low and get underneath guys who might be a little bit shorter. I mean, a guy like Everson Griffin, who's short and powerful, those are really hard guys for guys like you know Kyle Ruff to block. So he has played well, uh, I, I think, overall. Um, you know, again, passing game numbers that aren't a big concern for me, uh, but I thought he has played and his blocking's gotten better and they've played better. And I think, again, sort of like Kirk Cousins, maybe not great early on, but I feel like these tight ends, they're running crisper routes. They're they're doing a better job on the sort of on the on the play action game. You know, all this play action stuff, tight ends are almost always by themselves. Mm-hmm. All right, for a lot of times a two count, maybe even a three count, sometimes completely by themselves. Uh, again, again against a defensive end, so they they're doing a lot of good things that are are definitely not going into the uh, the stat sheet. And 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 secondly, obviously, Irv Smith uh, has been a, a, a nice bright spot again for the team. He was basically everything we were hoping he would be. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yep. Um, you, know, you never know when you draft somebody, um, but uh, you know he was a good player at Alabama. But they got a lot of good players at Alabama. Uh, uh, he has been more down the field than I thought he would be, and, and he is a good blocker. He really he's, he's not one of those like pretty boy pass catching tight ends. He's he's not scared to get dirty in there, and you know maybe that's playing for Nick Saban, you know at Alabama and the way they practiced every single day and the way they played. Uh, you know he was sort of NFL ready, so he has uh, played really well. So all in all, I, I give the tight ends a you know B plus to A minus. Uh, you know there's actually probably been you know some of the negative maybe some pass protection issues on occasion because they are in pass protection more I'm sure there's been uh, some issues but all in all I'm very happy with these two tight ends it's been a huge difference maker to have Irv Smith I just pulled this up pro football focus grades Irv Smith the 16th best run blocking tight end out of 50 who that is impressive for a rookie yes the bottom three out of the bottom four last year were the rookies yeah and here's Irv Smith in the top half of the league as a blocker he's not in Lee Smith territory because Lee Smith is an offensive lineman who catches the occasional pass but in that second tier of good NFL blockers, he's a little ahead of Rhett Ellison, who was here as a blocker. And I think that's really impressive for well, somebody who's coming into the NFL and and never faced this level of competition before. Yeah, absolutely. And in this style of offense where the, the tight end position is so important because of this sort of run game with the play action bootleg stuff and all the responsibilities, but yet there are times where they just have to beat somebody one-on-one and have the ability to go down the field. They read coverage a lot. The tight ends in this uh, this offense do have to do a good job of reading coverages because a lot of times those inside routes change from maybe a post to a more of a crossing route uh, versus different looks. And so he has picked it up. And it's not easy to pick up this offense uh, as a tight end, as a rookie, because the run game is so detailed and the pass game, there's a lot going on. And so a lot, you know, a lot, a lot is put on these guys. And I really think they have come through with flying colors. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, offensive line, we get to the defensive side as well as we uh, hear Matthew Collar and Sage Rosenfels putting together a special show for you 
a breakdown of the first half of the Minnesota Vikings NFL season. We'll return here on Purple Daily. All right, back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar and Sage Rosenfels, our mid-season special, we will call it, Sage. And uh, if you missed any of the show, make sure you go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and type in Purple Daily, and you can listen to how we graded Kirk Cousins, the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. And we move on now, Sage, to the offensive line. And I know that Kirk Cousins has been protected better this year, that he has been able to work the ball downfield, and that they have given up fewer sacks. However, going off of the way that Pro Football Focus has graded the offensive line, I am not going to give them a very high grade. I'm going to give them a C minus is where I'm going to go for a the C offensive line. Minus. I think last year was probably an F plus, mm. <laughs> but I'm going to go C minus here. I'll tell you where mm. they're graded by Pro Football Focus. 24th in pass blocking. And in run blocking, they are scrolling down quite a ways here. They Okay, I'm having trouble finding it. Oh, actually, you know what? Their run blocking has been much better than expected. Hmm. has been seventh. But I am still going to go with... So you're going to go C-minus with C the minus. seventh best run blocking offensive unit in the league. Uh, you're going to go C-minus offensive line with the fourth most yards in the league. You're going to go C uh, minus offensive line with the third best rushing team in the league. So it's all pretty much all Dalvin Cook is what you're saying. I'm going to say that they have had a lot of problems. That uh, the center took four weeks to figure out how to play, so, which I understand. But yes. still, you can't give them a good grade for that. Massive improvement, by yes. the way. Maybe most improved player from uh, oh, week no one question. to week eight. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I knew Dalvin Cook was good. Uh, but Bradbury looked like he couldn't play at all the first couple weeks. Running block was okay. Pass blocking yeah. was atrocious. Yep. Like I think he had a couple zeros uh, yep. in some of those grades. And like Riley Reef has played pretty well when he's been healthy. Give Rashad Hill credit for stepping in. But in Green Bay and in Chicago, they did not give the Vikings a very good chance to win those games. Yeah, but we gave Kirk Cousins an A minus, and he didn't give him much chance to win those games either. I know, and that was the minus or B plus like, or whatever. Uh, B, B plus. plus. That yeah. was why he didn't get an A. And and but but, but, but these but guys also, get a C minus. But, but Cousins, if my has kid been, walks home with a B plus, I'm okay with it. C minus, I'm not. But Cousins, you should demand excellence. But uh, Cousins, that's a Matt Khalil joke, actually. Matt, uh, um, Cousins <laughs> has had great great numbers. He's among the top. I think the scheme and Rick Dennison here has made such a huge difference for this offensive line. And if they were playing John D. Filippo's scheme from last year, uh, they're probably just as bad. They'd be the F plus you're talking yes. about. You're saying yes. so. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a better grade than a C minus. Uh, I think they can be as high as a B minus. Uh, the first the first part of the season it was bad. It was F plus ish in a couple of those games. Uh, even in you know I think the the first game of the season when Kirk threw ten passes he got hit like four or five yep. times in those ten passes. So it was not good early. They too have gotten better. Like Kirk has gotten better. They have gotten better. And I you know I have a hard time giving these guys a really poor grade, uh, mostly because, you know, Kirk's play is really based off of, in a lot of ways, their play. You know, the, the receivers are good, the tight ends are good, you know, Dalvin Cook is good, the backs are good. But we know that Kirk, when there's a lot of pressure, he doesn't play well, and, and he hasn't gotten a lot of pressure over the course uh, of the last month. And I think they have played really, really well 
uh, over the course of these last uh, you know two or three games, and uh, so I'm going to move them up to a B minus, uh, I believe, but also maybe even surging. Like if they played you know two or three more games like this, they're in that B plus category. Uh, and the best thing is about uh, the entire offense is the improvement. Again, they haven't played mm-hmm. the you know they haven't played the Patriots, they haven't played the premier defenses really in a while. Um, but they are doing some really good things and putting up numbers that we really haven't seen some of these numbers, I feel like, in a while. The consistent rushing numbers uh, that we're getting out of Dalvin Cook, I don't feel like we haven't seen that since the the really good uh, Adrian Peterson days. Yeah, I I don't disagree on on the run blocking. And Pat Elfline's game last night might perfectly describe the Minnesota Vikings offensive line this year, aside from Brian O'Neill, who's been a very good pass protector, is – very spotty in the pass pro, but in the run game, really good. And Elfline had a 25 grade for PFF in pass protection and 80 in the run. And that's kind of been the story this year. Now, Riley Reef has had a massive improvement from where he was last year. He was he's being, playing good ball. He's playing good, yeah. You know, it's interesting when there's been some penalties lately, and it's 75, and for some reason Reef hits my head, and I'm like, wait, no, I haven't heard a, a penalty on 71 in a while, and I think he's playing some good football, and a lot of the Vikings' runs, they like running the ball to the left. I'm not sure if there's something within that, but they've run the ball to the left extremely well this first half of the season. And, and the tackles are both playing above average in pass protection, which is really good but Pat Elfline's overall grade is a 43 and Garrett Bradbury though he's improved his overall grade through eight games is a 28 which is the worst in the entire NFL at the position and I understand that he's a rookie and he's growing I also don't think Josh Klein has been very good or Dakota Dozier when they've played that position so I I look at it as you know what a C minus is passable it's getting a lot of help you can cover up a c minus this has kind of been a big picture football takeaway of the analytics people is if you can get your offensive line to average you can scheme it to protection if they're an f there's nothing you can do about well, it. it's going to ruin your offense they, they have been doing that and you know that that's a credit to the coaching staff and maybe we'll give these uh these you know, men uh, a grade also uh, during the show. We can, we can, we can do whatever uh, we but want. But really. I, I think that you know it takes a little time for Rick Dennison to say, okay, who do I have up front? What are these guys good at? And you know, when you're in training camp, you're going pretty hard, but it's not the full throttle deal where it's you know real game action. And of course, the preseason games are you only get so many reps. And so I think uh, the way Rick Dennison has had these guys start to mesh and get better and better and better, uh, but also understand their strengths and weaknesses. And and I feel like when they're dropping back, they're not doing much seven-step drop, straight drop back. They're not in shotgun yep. all that much. They're trying to avoid it. Of course, third and eight, you're probably going to be in shotgun. But you know, you're know, you seeing the quick passing game, a lot of five and a hitch, just five-step drop, which is not as deep as a seven-steppers. Uh, but you know, and, and Kirk with some reads where he's getting the ball out. He, it seems like he's taking one hitch and getting the ball out, yep. maybe two, and it's out he's not standing back there holding on to that football so uh, I think there's a lot going on there and I think you know Rick Dennison deserves some credit uh, in that offensive coaching staff and Stefanski uh, of the calls the plays that he is calling and designing but they definitely have a style of football that is conducive to helping an offensive line that struggles in pass protection yep and put that under things you called in training camp uh, that would happen and it really has the bootleg game yep, the I mean do you know how great it is for an offensive lineman to like just fire off and run down the line and I'm gonna basically take a shot at this guy and you know Kirk Cousins is going to be 25 yards from us rather than like all right 
Uh, Kirk's gonna is in shotgun. It's first and ten. He's gonna go back seven steps back there, and I'm supposed to hold on for dear life against Khalil Mack. I mean, those are opposite scenarios, and it, it's you know this style, again this style of offense uh, really does help out an offensive line, and you know the bootleg game is definitely a part of that. We could start anywhere on the defense. Where would you like to go? Let's go with cornerback. Okay, I thought Let's you go might with, go there. Let's separate corner and safety even as okay. far as in the DB room. Cornerback, um, I actually think the weakness of this defense right now. Absolutely I like the right. way D-line linebackers are playing. Uh, I give Rhodes a D-plus, a D-plus. Um, and I don't like saying that because uh, I have you know so much respect for the guy who's played extremely well in, in the Vikings uniform uh, for a number of years. But if they're if it looks like they're picking on somebody, it looks like the other team is picking on number twenty nine. Uh, and it, and not only that is you know teams are catching the ball, which they weren't doing three years ago. Like he was, you'd run a stop route or a go route. He was right there. He was physical. Not now they're catching the ball, but they're also getting yards after catch. It seems like they're catching the ball on a stop route and then you know sort of twirling out of it and getting six or seven more um, he has done a good nice job in the running game he's done a good job on some like the quick screens and and trying to be physical but as far as the straight one-on-one stuff uh, he has not what played well I'm gonna get I'm gonna give him a C minus because of the running game that I think that has been impressive uh, the corners are, are tackling pretty well in this defense uh, if Trey Wayans had been great and I mean Mackenzie Alexander was hurt uh, so they had to fill in that spot but if he was great, then I might say, you know what, it's been one guy, so why don't we give him a decent grade anyway? And it's the one guy that they're going to have to solve. It hasn't been. I mean, Trey Waynes has not been very good. He hasn't been great either, no. no. And uh, I'm calling up the numbers right now here for Pro Football I was thinking Focus. Trey Waynes, a C-plus, and, and uh, Xavier Rhodes, uh, a C-minus. Uh, Mike Hughes, a mixed bag. I thought he's played really well at times. I'm like, okay, they. I don't know why they're playing Rhodes, and they should put in Mike Hughes. And there's other times where he's gotten beat as well, uh, and I believe been flagged a couple times too. So the, I, I would say overall that, for me, the, the, corner, the corners on this football team, you know, probably – somewhere in that C-plus range. Let me give you some crazy numbers on Xavier Rhodes. Opposing quarterbacks completing 85% of their throws towards Xavier Rhodes this year, and he is second in the NFL with seven penalties. Opposing quarterbacks have a 124.7 rating throwing to him. That's so, incredible. Yeah, basically you become Aaron Rodgers in 2014 when uh, you're facing you're Xavier Rhodes. 29, yeah. who, you know, again, what, three years ago was we would talk 47 about 47 at his best, 47 quarterback rating against. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it was, as maybe the best corner in the entire NFL. Right. And, uh, and But that is... That is a uh, long gone, and and you know they're gonna have to figure that out. Can they help him, uh, or do they play somebody else? And you know they do have, uh, is it Hill is coming back? Yep, the second Hill, half yep. the season, uh, and obviously you know maybe start working Mike Hughes into this mix. I, I think there's gonna be a, comp, uh, a competition at that right cornerback position pretty soon. Yep, I agree. Uh, on the safeties, I think they get a solid B for me. I mean Anthony Harris has made some plays. And Harrison Smith has been a lot of Harrison Smith, but not quite the same playmaker as he has been. He's just always around the ball. It's incredible, you know, and and, uh, you know, he just always is sort of in the smart spot. And and, you know, they, they sort of highlight him a little bit on Thursday where sometimes he's in the box and he sprints back at the snap and he sort of knows where he has to be. Uh, he's sort of a playmaker and a glue guy as well, I think, on this defense. Um, I, I just love the way Harrison plays, and I think he sort of gets that extra credit 
uh, for just doing the little things that we're not even really seeing. Because I yeah. think he's always just sort of there. I think there's obviously the leadership stuff. Uh, he does make some big plays still. Um, has played good football. I think played a Pro Bowl level. I would still say Harrison Smith played a Pro Bowl level. And I think Anthony Harris has been a, has been a nice surprise. I, I agree. I, yeah. We weren't we weren't sure to what to expect. He'd been on the team for a little bit a little while. Uh, you know, not a first round draft pick. Not a high guy. Uh, and has played well, has not been uh, a weakness of this defense in any way. Uh, I think he's done a nice job at that position. I give Harrison Smith a, a, an A- minus and, and Anthony Harris a, a B plus. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to add a plus to my – after looking at the numbers here in front of me, 56 quarterback rating when throwing at Harrison Smith, 68 when throwing at Anthony Harris. Yeah, I'll give those guys B+. Plus. They have been solid against Detroit. I didn't think they had a very good day. Um, so there have been times that there have been completions into the secondary, and I can't say it's been perfect. Uh, this team ranks 18th in quarterback rating against total, which is not Mike Zimmer. Yeah, defense but, but you really. know they've also had the lead in a lot of these games, right? There, there's a thing like when you have the two touchdown lead, and they've had a 10 point lead. I think in all of these games they've won by over 10 points. They're going to start playing a little more zone, keep the ball in front of you, not necessarily prevent yep. defense, but allow for some completions. And so you know sometimes I go, what's their record and what's the passing stats of the other team? Yeah. And sometimes teams have a lot of good passing stats against you, but you're when you're winning by three touchdowns, who cares how many yards they throw? to throw for so uh, I want to add this I thought J. Ron Curse who's always been more of a special teams guy more of a backup guy who played some uh, uh, nickel will played a little safety play he's sort of playing a little everywhere back there it looks like to me I thought he's played fairly well in his uh, in his shots out there when he's when he's playing defense and you know when Anthony Harris isn't going or or if uh, if Harrison needs a uh, a breather I think J. Ron's done a nice job when he's got in there I, I totally agree I think the secondary as a whole has still been okay their coverage as a team has still been okay. Uh, it's just the cornerback position where you would worry about going in the second half. The one-on-one stuff. You know, when Zim goes straight man-to-man coverage, which is his favorite coverage, when they have to do that, you have to have great corners. That's why they draft high-pick corners. And uh, when they're getting a 122 quarterback rating against them, that's not a great corner. Um, okay, so the front seven here, defensive line, linebackers, uh, I, I, I kind of put them together these days because most teams play two linebackers. So it's like because you just see the game as a bunch of mush in the middle, don't you? You just see like the the line. Like, why does the running back just run right into the, all the mush? And so you just see <laughs> the way the mush goes. And so you don't want to individually actually understand the positions. See, I break it down to like defensive ends yeah. and interior yeah. guys and I linebackers. For, for grade purposes. You want to do a front I, seven grade? I, I would go a front seven grade only because there's only two linebackers. So it's a little weird. It's kind of like the safeties, I guess. So we could kind of split it into two if you want. But, um, yeah, that's fine. I mean, linebackers, Eric Hendricks has been as good as any linebacker in the NFL this year. And, and I think that that is a little surprising that he, he has jumped from being a very good player to a legit great player. But the thing that, I mean, no one's really going to say because Kendricks has been so good is that Anthony Barr hasn't really – been a difference maker and they just signed him to a massive contract yeah and and eric wilson is good too so eric wilson has played very well i think uh you know so, so far this year so um they i think deserve I, a, they deserve a good grade i think kendrick's reminds me a little bit of ej henderson uh ej henderson was a really good linebacker uh for the vikings and and he you know, I, I think really went to a couple of pro bowls broke his femur came back the Remember next that? year and yeah. went to the pro bowl and again like i almost thought he was better he was a little more of a downhill guy. Uh, didn't have to cover nearly as much as Kendricks. Kendricks does that downhill stuff. He's been fantastic against the run. 
But against the pass, this guy can really move. Uh, he's got great feet. He's got great balance, and he diagnoses things extremely fast. I think Kendricks has played definitely at a Pro Bowl level, maybe as good as anyone's played on this defense. I, I think he's been fantastic. Uh, and Barr, you know, it's interesting. They he he gets caught in a lot of man to man stuff with the with the uh, the running back, a Tariq Cohen or somebody like that, and that's not an easy matchup. Uh, and they also they've been blitzing him a lot. They've been trying to use that athleticism and sort of add that fifth rusher or blitz him and maybe drop out somebody on the other side uh, so I think they're trying to take advantage of his athleticism uh, which you know so far hasn't turned into big stats but Kendricks uh, has done a fantastic job and again you know Eric Wilson has done a really nice job at that third linebacker spot so would you give them what a B plus I give them a B plus overall for sure and I, I definitely give Kendricks a definite a yeah for sure okay let's take a break we're going to do the defensive line and then I've got some quick answer questions for you to wrap up our mid-season report Matthew Collar Sage Rosenfels in studio here we'll be right back on Purple Daily Okay, final segment of our midseason report here on Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels, a special episode for you. We left off grading the defensive line. If you want to hear any of the other grades and breakdowns position by position, then uh, make sure you go download the show on iTunes or listen at scorenorth.com. Defensive line, you have two of the league leaders in quarterback pressures so far this year in Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin. Daniil Hunter has been as good as any player ever up until the age of 25 and is absolutely dominating. So what would you give them um, with the, the great defensive end play and maybe not as good as in the past in the interior? Well, the defensive end play has been absolutely fantastic, and and Daniil is so good, and he'll probably be good for the Vikings for a long, long time. I can see him since they drafted him so young re-signed him you know if he ends up getting a third contract here I, I he's going to be a ring of honor guy yeah you know he's one so. of those guys and and he's still he's so young he's so athletic uh and yet he's so strong he's just a rare rare athlete uh you know hats off to the uh the upstairs folks for finding that guy in the draft i mean what a specimen uh he is and, and getting him to the team and getting that and getting him re-signed so he's played really really well this year um and then everson i think again it's sort of another should i say a surprise um, he has played this well in the past, but he didn't play as well last year and maybe, yep. not, maybe not the last couple of years. Really playing good football. I mean, really playing good football. I'm really happy for him. I think Vikings fans who know a little bit of his past uh, are also happy for him. That I, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would trade these two defensive ends uh, over anybody else in the NFL. Uh, they have really played excellent football. I give those guys an A. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you could give the whole defensive line an A because of what the defensive ends have done. The interior, the interior guys. Uh, you know, there's a thing that I've that I've over my career that I would realize that, you know, these D line guys like Linville Joseph, these, you know, 350, 340, 370, whatever they were, these big guys who are just every single day taking on those double teams, that will wear guys down. Definitely. And I still think Linville's playing good football. Uh, but over time, you know, do you have that for all those snaps in the game over the course of a season? Uh, I, I just don't think that those two guys on, on the inside are quite as good as some of the dominant interior guys this team has had in the past. Um, so, you know, defensive ends and A, I give these guys, you know, probably a B. I think they're doing a good job. There are some runs where teams are getting some push, uh, but, the, you know, they're doing a pretty good job all in all. And, and again, this defensive front has been, uh, you know, pretty dominant from the defensive line standpoint. And, and, of course, that D line it really does all start with those two guys in the middle because they can't the, the, the DNs can't be great 
unless those guys in the middle are really, really good. And so I think overall those interior guys are getting a B out of me. Okay, last thing, coaching staff, Koobs, Stefanski, Zimmer. I'm going to go and give them a solid B-plus for this first eight games. You go 6-2, and the results are there. You've won more games than you've lost. You put yourself in a position to be a really good team. Where I would give the down is some of the game plan against Green Bay. I didn't think gave Kirk options when Green Bay rushed him. And when you get in a position where one of your star players feels like he needs to send a message by skipping practice, like, well, okay, maybe we had to change on the fly. They deserve credit for it, but they also put themselves in that position too where players were frustrated and upset. So I I think they've done a great job digging out of the hole, but there was a hole there for a reason. So, you know, I think a coaching staff a lot of times goes off of how well the team is doing. And the team sort of feels like it's in a B plus to a B sort of spot, right? So uh, I think they've got a lot of good talent on this team. So that's that's the next level. That's the scouting department and all of that. Um, But I think the coaches have done a nice job of developing players that are, again, a a bit of a surprise. Totally. um, And have done a nice job of finding, you know, the, the two star receivers were not high draft picks. That's amazing got this really good tailback now in the third round you know so uh, I think they've done a really nice job of developing players but they're, they have talent on this football team I think the second half of this you know I'd say the second quarter of the season uh, they've done a great job the in particular the offensive coaching staff of uh, sort of figuring out what the Vikings are good at, what they have, when, and how to maximize the, the strengths and minimize those weaknesses, which is why then they've all played really well. So I, I like that B-plus you know, type of grade, maybe a B-grade. They missed some challenges, of course, just like all yes. the teams. Yes. You know, Zim was challenged in every passing interference call because why not? Yep. Um, and, uh, of course, didn't go his way. Didn't go anybody's way. I don't know if you want to – I guess we want to dock him for that because all the coaches got sort of – hoodwinked or whatever uh, with the like yeah we're gonna challenge pass uh, interference call until they realize that we're just looking for the disastrous saints uh rams type of pass interference and so yeah i I like the b b plus and i I think zimmer might say the same thing you know there's uh always room for improvement they have not you know coached perfectly um and uh, you know maybe you know i'm I'm sure stefanski's still kicking himself for calling a bootleg on first and seven from the seven yard line when they just ran the ball down there uh you know to have a chance to win that football game so they haven't been perfect but I tell you what for Kevin uh in his real true rookie year of being the uh the start or the the uh the play caller offensive coordinator yeah I'd be pretty happy about that I definitely think that and he's starting to get his name on those lists and and Rick Spielman's got to be happy about that in the sense of he stuck with this guy who had offers to go to other teams and he'd up his contract or he'd give him a new position or you know Kevin wanted to work his way from basically the coffee guy and setting the schedule for Brad Childress up into the various position groups and and of course the the low the quality control which is doing all the grunt work and the and the paperwork and all those things and has worked his way up through multiple coaching staffs be offensive coordinator and if things go like this he's a head coach somewhere else next year I, I would not be surprised he's a head coach next year or shoot or maybe Gary Kubiak could be a head coach in, you know next year somewhere maybe we're talking about Clint Kubiak as his first time coordinator who knows that's a long ways from now uh, but all in all I'm happy for Kevin Stefanski a guy that uh, has been around this organization organization for a long time and uh, and obviously it looks looks like to me Rick Spielman was right about okay we got about a minute and a half two minutes here I want you to answer quick style hot route style almost like just right off the top of your head. I'm just going to throw a couple of second-half questions at you, and I want you to answer the first thing that comes to your head. Um, if you were able to watch two teams play each other 
Let's say you got uh, you got a couple of drinks and you're sitting back on your couch. You don't have to work for it. I don't you drink. Watch. Come on. Uh, what do you do? You uh, have potato chips, right? Make popcorn. Just, okay, with too make much, popcorn. With too much butter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're just going to enjoy the evening with your popcorn. Maybe you got a drink. Two teams <laughs> to face each other. Uh, who are these? Who are the two squads that you're trying to get the most entertainment value out of in the NFL? Well, I think the easy choice is the Chiefs. You're right. Well, let's let's take the Vikings out of it. It's an off night. The Vikings aren't playing. It's somebody else. So I think the easy choice is a Patrick Mahomes healthy uh, Chiefs. There, there. Obviously, he's a lot of fun to watch. He, you know, he reminds me of sort of like a young Dominique Wilkins. All right, a lot of flash, a lot of unbelievable plays. We'll yeah. see if he actually ever wins anything. Okay. Okay. All right. right. So maybe even, I mean, I would say young Jordan, because I think Jordan's the greatest of all time. But, you know, the guy is a special player and a lot of fun to watch. And he makes games exciting. He's got some great players around him, obviously. And I always enjoy Andy Reid on the sidelines for some reason. Like, he just, there's something about him compared to, like, looking at Belichick on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he smiled on my face. So I think the first team for me is Kansas City Chiefs. What do you got? Uh, I think I'm going to go New Orleans Saints. I mean, with Breeze coming back, they have gone five and zero with Teddy. You, of course, would rather have Breeze as quarterback than Teddy because well, te- the Teddy games are pretty boring. Yeah, of they're course. like sort of slugging I mean, out. The Teddy's games. playing Teddy football. He's winning right? though. Like, yeah, and he makes the throws when he needs to make it. But of course, Breeze. I mean, because I think that these are the two most fun. Uh, I don't think that the Patriots are actually that super fun to watch because they're just great pounded out defense. Saints have a good defense, but with Breeze in there and the weapons they have, if Kamara's healthy and Thomas and Sean Payton. I mean, Peyton versus Reed would be a great Super Bowl, yeah. I think. Um, all right, give me the team in the second half that we're going to be most surprised by in one way or another. Surprised that they collapsed, surprised that they made the playoffs. Well, I don't think it it's a be. surprise to me, but I think the Bears might collapse. I, I, I mean, they've got Not this. Super Bowl take, but. Right, they, they were, but they were a team that people, some people said, hey, possible Super Bowl. You know, they won 12 games last year. Is that right? Were the Bears twelve and four uh, were, last yeah, year? They, they were. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a team that might be like a six and ten team. Uh, I I watch their offense every single week, and it seems like it's getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, it seems like the base some of the basic fundamentals are there. All this detail that we talk about with Kevin Stefanski's offense, you don't see there. They got a lot of guys sort of making plays. Um, they have no play action game. They got no bootleg game. It's the quarterback back there in shotgun. With you know, it looks to me without really a plan. And um, and their defense, I think they I think they're going to miss uh, their defense coordinator. Vic they Fangio, went out Vic yeah. Fangio that went to Denver last year and and of course they're they're still good they're all good players but uh, I think that might you know an offense that might be ineffective as the season goes on that we could very easily see Chase Daniel before we know it by okay. the way and I think they should and I said to you in Chicago they upgraded a quarterback when Trubisky went down listen Called they're it. in a throwing offense where the quarterback has to be the wheel and the dealer and they got a guy who can't really throw all that well I mean it's it's the worst designed offense for this quarterback uh, I think Chicago might be one of those teams that drive off Mitchell Trubisky has played so poor the last couple times he's been out there um it, it, it's it's sort of baffling to me I saw better stuff last year than I'm seeing this year um and he reminds me sort of a of a 
almost a poor man's Jake Plummer at this point. A really good athlete who's sort of an inaccurate thrower, but probably should be in an offense where he's constantly bootlegging out, constantly in, in uh, play-action type stuff. You do not want him just in that pocket trying to read coverages and read defenses and read blitzes and, and do that whole thing. That is really hard to do, and I actually think they're sort of maximizing uh, his weaknesses uh, in Matt Nagy. The surprise of the year will be at Matt Nagy will be very much on the hot seat at season that season's end with the Bears' 6-10 uh, and ten season. I'll give you mine. Uh, we have largely written off the Rams, and I think that who's they written, Who's written off the, the Rams? I, they're just not the same. They're not as good. I think that's like the like it's like a Patriots take early when they always go two and it two, and next thing you know be. they're fourteen and I mean, two. Seven games in, I, I, and they're not looking like one of the best teams in the NFC. It would not surprise me if at the end of the season they I, were back in the playoffs. Okay, I think they're going to be, uh, you know, at the worst like a nine win ball club. They may miss the playoffs, um, but that division is tough. I think they're going to win nine, ten games, maybe an eleven. But that division with San Francisco, the way they're playing, Seattle is obviously a very formidable opponent, and Arizona. Uh, I believe yeah. is around five hundred. They three, three yeah. and one. Uh, you know, we haven't. No one really talks about the Arizona Cardinals, but you know, uh, you know, they've been playing pretty well this year uh, under that uh, uh, that that head coach from the Big Twelve Conference, Cliff Kingsbury. So uh, maybe if I was going to go hotter take, I would say Seattle falls off and the Rams beat them in the division, make the playoffs. Okay, I see. I I I, I think the land, the Rams have all the. Uh, the sort of the foundation of just a quality ball yes. club, like that yeah. 9-10 win ball club. There is something a little bit off. They just got Jalen Ramsey. Uh, so they're you know they're mortgaging their future. So if you know they don't win this year or next year, what's going to happen down the line? So I, that I, I can see that team definitely not being a Super Bowl contender this year. Uh, there's something different about that team, uh, but I still think they're going to be a team that's going to be uh, a, a tough out uh, as we get uh, further down the season. Okay, final question. It's been super fun to just break down the first half. Minnesota Vikings final record. What is it? Regular season. Regular season. Eleven yes. and five. Okay, I like it. I think yeah, I'd put them there too. Eleven I think they and got five. a tougher second half. Yep. Eleven to five in the playoffs. Uh I think that that's gonna be right. I think the Packers are gonna be right there with them. They might be a twelve and four team. Um, I think it's gonna be very, very competitive be- between these two. And I think the Bears and the Lions are gonna really start to fall off here as they sort of realize their hopes have been diminished and, and gone mm-hmm. uh for the season and that the Bears I'm sure that the Vikings and the, the the Packers will really start to heat up and play well. So you know we'll see as the season goes on. The Vikings do have a very tough uh, little group of schedule coming up. You know, Pat Mahomes might be coming back healthy. Yep. Looks like he's not going to play this week. Maybe healthy, but probably not 100% healthy. So we'll see how that goes. That's going to be one tough game. Going to Seattle's never easy. There's some, you know, the Cowboys they got. They, there's some tough games left in the schedule, but I can see the Vikings winning 11 games this year. And then it's going to be a playoff deal. Well, that's the, the question we've had for like since they signed him will Kirk play well? If the Vikings get in the playoffs in that big primetime game where everyone's watching and you know that's why he's making all that money, yep. I think we're going to see that this season. I think this team's good enough to get in the playoffs. Uh, will we see that? You know th- that is uh, that has yet to be seen. All right. Well, that is it for us on our uh, half season recap, and uh, we will be every Monday and Wednesday. Sage Rosenfels and I are journey, uh, journeyman correspondent. And also look on Twitter for your breakdown of, what is it, right past 15 week X I write past 15 week. I'm sorry, I write 15 week is the first play I did, just okay. the running game. And then I went, I write past 15 week X read Z comeback. Then I went, I write past 15 week X burner. Naturally. 
broke all three of those plays down. Uh, but in particular, how that run play uh, uh, action works initially. Mm-hmm. And so what we're trying to do to a defense and why we're seeing Stephon Diggs at 19 yards a catch right now. And obviously Adam Thielen also having a, a good year. And B.C. Johnson coming out of nowhere mm-hmm. and having a production year as well. So it's just one of the most basic staple plays in this Vikings offense that Kevin Stefanski runs with Rick Dennison as the offensive line coach. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it if you check it out online. All right, make sure you check that out on the Score North Twitter account. And uh, we'll catch you every Monday and Wednesday. Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels on Purple Daily. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The College Football Playoff Committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the College Football Playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the College Football Playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.